Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 52 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. We had a really um, phenomenal phone call this past week from someone who reached out to us, Mm -hmm. and I think we're still trying to track down exactly how he came across us because... Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize the name that he had shared, and I I reached out um, to Gallup and didn't really get an answer on that Mm. either. Um, So an individual um, whose name is Roger, who reached out to us and asked us some basic questions about how we do strength-based mentoring. Mm -hmm. And he um, is very, very wise and very experienced when it comes to um, the corporate world, but also when it comes to mentoring. He has been serving in the mentoring capacity um, for a number of years on various boards. Yeah. And um, so his questions were very thoughtful, um, but also he was interested in the way that we approach things. And it was such an engaging dialogue that mm-hmm. I thought it might be fun for us to um, take some of these same questions that Roger posed to us mm-hmm. and respond to them and really explain um, how we got here as Jen and Millie, um, how teammates got here and being strength-based, mm-hmm. and then a little bit as to why you might be listening. Maybe you just came upon Jen and Millie. Um, maybe you found out about Jen and Millie through teammates. Um, but I think it's good for every once in a while a podcast to give a little history as to why they exist. Um, mm-hmm. I just started listening to one called Real Rebel, it's really good. And each time she gives a little insight as to, you know, the why that the podcast exists yeah. and mm-hmm. um, her intention for and the purpose for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of people, they find a podcast based on the topic or the subject or the um, potential content. Mm-hmm. So it's probably always good for us to revisit our roots when it comes to why we put together the content that we do. Yeah. I also thought it might be good for us to lighten up a little bit because it's been kind of heavy um, mm-hmm. the last few episodes, and I think it might be good for us to remind ourselves why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, strength-based model mm-hmm. and strength-based approach is a practice. It yeah. isn't something that um, we just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do nothing but see the good in others. How nice would that be? It would be lovely. <laughs> but also, um, it's a practice to, mm-hmm. to follow your purpose. It's a practice to um, learn about and mm-hmm. seek and see engagement and it's a practice um around growth mindset as well so um I think I love that dialogue yeah and I think the other thing that really struck me about this and we had had um several conversations earlier as well um before this conversation with um Sarah Skaggs who's our new um one of our new Papillion La Vista coordinators and um we want to give a shout out to her because she asked such awesome questions about strengths and question after question which we just love and she's like I hope I'm it's not too many questions and we're like gosh we love all the questions and I think her questions along with Roger's questions other conversations we've been having lately have really allowed us to pause and see the value in asking really good questions Mm -hmm. and I think people sometimes I mean I'm just in kind of a crazy place when it comes to work and life and we never we sometimes don't ever take the time to pause and ask the question and I always see it in myself as like I don't want to burden other people with my inquiry right like I could look it up I could find it other places um, but I think I forget the fact that voicing that question can be so valuable 
doing to the other person, right. um, to the people that I'm asking the question to. And so I felt so valued that Sarah would think through such awesome questions that Roger would prepare by sending us a whole document of questions mm-hmm. prior to our call. And he kept saying, he was like, I don't want to waste your time. I want to honor your time and make the most of our conversation. So he prepped us with these questions in advance. So we had time to look some stuff up and think through things. And and I just, I just thought about how awesome all of this has been and and I've had some really great one-on-one dialogues lately with people about um, you know we think and and our culture is so output heavy that we have to get to the end result uh, that we have to check something off the list or do all the things we need to do and I think that there's so much power and value in pausing and having really great dialogue which really draws then me back you know thinking out loud here that's the intent of these conversations Right. right like that's the whole intent of this podcast is to have to bring the awesome conversations we get to have when we travel when we go to communities into a format where other people get to take part right um so and slowing down yeah and I think Mm -hmm. um I've had lots of dialogue with um, coordinators after we we plan our strengths plans after um, Gallup Strengths Day with our program coordinators Mm -hmm. we ask them to put together a plan and then we do a follow-up call and so after our dialogue with Roger I thought we really should be sending them some meaningful conversations to ponder before they get on the call with us. And so thank you, Roger, for modeling something to me that I hadn't even thought about. Mm -hmm. But then it helps us to think through, okay, this is a new potential idea that we'd Mm -hmm. never been prompted with before. Mm -hmm. So it isn't until we pause and we listen to the voices of others and they ask meaningful questions, how about this? Could we try this? That new ideas are formulated. Yeah. That's how Jen and Millie came to be. It was really um, the both of us saying, Mm -hmm. what if and could we do this? Mm -hmm. So um, I'd like for us to talk a little bit today about some of the questions that Roger asked. And I thought we could just kind of go back and forth. Some of the questions are much more effectively answered by you. And some of the questions are much more effectively answered by you. So I'll let you start. You can choose any of the questions. Okay. Um, And then I've got a couple um, in mind that I would like to ask of you. Okay, so I think I'm going to start with question one. (laughs) Um, Logical order, but also I feel like you give a really great um, explanation of this. But the first question we were asked is, when did the relationship with Gallup begin? How has it evolved? And what would you like to see happen in the future? So the relationship that teammates has with Gallup goes way back to the 60s when Coach Osborne and Don Clifton met for the first time and a friendship evolved and a relationship evolved. And that influence of positive psychology and the focus of what would happen if we studied what was right Mm -hmm. with people um, was tremendously influential, not just in Coach Osborne's coaching career, but also in what we do within teammates. And so that relationship started many, many years ago, but in 2009 came to fruition. And I can think about powerful moments in my life where I knew that the trajectory was about to change. And the dialogue that I had with Jerlene and Melissa and Shane and Val across the table from me when we decided, yes, we're going to try implementing strength-based mentoring. Let's see this as a pilot. Here's how we'll do it. It even still to this day, um, Mm -hmm. I get goosebumps and think, Mm -hmm. how lucky was I to just be seated in that group of people? And why I was selected, I I have no idea. I still don't know. Um, But I think, and we just watched a a video today of our gala. Um, I am very, very fortunate that um, both Coach Osborne and Suzanne saw something in me 
and Gigi saw something in me that maybe I didn't. Mm -hmm. And my start with teammates 10 years ago, um, there were a lot of things that people saw that I didn't recognize. And I think I probably don't give enough credit to that as often as I should. Mm -hmm. So that relationship started with me going back to school and um, going through some education. And we started with a group of 10 chapters. And we really said, this is a pilot. Let's see how it goes. And to be quite honest, the first year, it was really um, a bumpy flight, um, trying to figure out what works, trying to figure out how to do code disbursement, trying to figure out how to make this meaningful. And we ran into a lot of bumps, but we learned a lot along the way. And now I see that the relationship we have with Gallup is so powerful in the way that um, Don Clifton's um, children um, talk about teammates and the influence of teammates, the way that Gallup recruits and um, sustains such tremendous um, mentors themselves. They have, yeah. We have a lot of Gallup employees that are mentors. And then just to think about that relationship and how invested they are in helping us shine light around strengths in a meaningful mm -hmm. way. I think what I would like to see happen in the future, it's my hope to continue to honor um, what I learned from Shane about creating ripples. And so when we think about when a mentor and a mentee get to take strengths through teammates, we never want it to be a one and done. And I think that that's something that's unique about us. Yeah. We are very intentional about code disbursement, but also mentor training and keeping the energy around strengths alive. Yeah. And we probably spend more time asking people to think about how can you take this home? How can you apply this at work? Mm -hmm. How can you talk to your family about this? So the ripple effect that I learned about from Shane, I think continues when a mentor learns their strengths and a mentee learns their strengths. It's our hope that they continue to share um, what's uniquely awesome about them, but also to honor and recognize what's uniquely awesome about the people around them. Yeah. So to continue to create those ripples. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, Tess, um, question number two. And these are okay. chronological, but I do, hmm. I do like how this is going. I want to know how many schools that we are working with as an overall yep. when it comes to teammates. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're working with 826 schools and 177 different chapters, which is either a school district or a community. And talk a little bit about the demographics of elementary, middle, high. Mm -hmm. So um, we have about 13%. Um, of the students that we serve fall into the elementary bucket. 40% uh, which uh, fall into the middle school bucket, which I defined as sixth through eighth. I know different school districts change that line a little bit. 45% fall into the high school bucket, nine to 12. Um, and then we have about two and a half percent falling into our post-secondary program bucket. So of those participating students overall and teammates, mm -hmm. how do we propose strengths? Mm -hmm. And then how many, um, how many, how many would you estimate mm -hmm. um, matches are affected by strengths or mm -hmm. influenced by strengths yep. or have the opportunity? Yeah, so uh, the opportunity is given based on the chapter level. So when we look at the 177 different chapters that we're working with, either defined as a school district, sometimes a county, uh, or a community, uh, um, we work with chapters that are in a really good place. So we follow the strength-based model to a T. We're not going to go into a community or chapter that isn't doing well um, and say, hey, strengths might really help with some of these issue areas. Right. <laughs> That's the exact opposite of the strengths-based model, which is look at what is going well and maximize on on your strengths, on your greatest potential. And so we look at chapters who are, um, who are growing, who are stable, who have solid invested leadership, who um, have 
high average visit counts. Um, so we look at a number of different indicators to say really is strengths, would strengths be compatible with this chapter? Um, we don't want chapters that have a ton of kids that aren't getting visits. That's a big red flag to us overall, but definitely not a place we would want to invest strengths in. We're not going to be looking at chapters that aren't necessarily growing because growth is an indicator of health for us. Um, we aren't going to look at chapters who have transition in their leadership because to make it successful, we need to have great leaders that we partner with in the local chapter that will help make this happen for us, the local coordinator, as well as maybe some really invested board members. Um, so there's a number of different factors. We'll work with the regional coordinator to say who are the chapters that you see of great potential. We might bring a list to them of things that we, of chapters that we see that we're saying, hey, we're going to invite these people to partake in strengths, but they might know something that we don't because they're really invested in their local chapter. So they might say, mm, they have great leadership, but actually one of the leaders is going to transition next year. So maybe it isn't the best time. They might have other things that can help clue us into that. But we look at a, a plethora of factors that will impact whether or not strengths will be great. But when it's all boiled down, really it's that a chapter is at a place of high quality. Um, and, and then we invite them to partake. Um, same thing with matches, mm-hmm. right? Same thing with matches. Yep. So once a chapter is invited, we know that within that chapter, there's a diversity in terms of match quality. And so if a chapter has accepted and wants to be a part of strengths, they come to our training. But then one of the things we really clue in is whether or not the match is in a good place. So if they're struggling to meet regularly, um, if they, we, we ask that a match has been together for at least six months before we implement strengths, because we know that strengths is never used for matching. It's never something that you would use on the front end, just like Gallup says, you would never use it for hiring. Um, We'd never use it for matching. It's always an added tool later to expand the reach, um, to expand the the relationship itself, bring greater depth um, to it. Uh, and, and so we want to make sure that there's a little bit of a foundation to put then put strengths and implement strengths on top of. So we asked for about six months. We asked that the match is meeting. Um, we would ask that any other things, like if we know a mentor is going to move, if any of those things, we would ask that the coordinator takes into account. So then why we have to start with the chapter is because when we get down to looking at match individually we have to have coordinators who know their matches yep we can't work with coordinators who don't know their matches right um, because we're not just going to give this out to everybody because we we know that strengths and the kind of training that we're providing is very valuable um, that companies charge a lot of money to bring in the kind of training and expertise that we are fortunate to have based on our training and teammates freely provides for coordinators for uh, for local communities um, on their part and and so we want to make sure that it's done in in the best way possible. Like we have the utmost intention behind why we do it. It's kind of hard. I could see how it could be hard from a chapter level because there's a lot of factors. Um, there's a lot of things that are involved and it can seem a bit daunting. Like, gosh, you have all these rules and all these parameters and right. all these boundaries, right? And we get pushback on that. But in the end, it boils down to, we believe so much in the strengths-based philosophy that we're... Bef- to even implement strengths, you have to uh, you, you have to, to follow it. the strengths based philosophy, and it honors the yep. integrity of mm-hmm. what would happen if a student gets this list of three words if they take mm-hmm. strengths explorer, or five words if they take um, strengths finder, and they don't have any dialogue about it at all. Mm-hmm. What happens if they feel labeled or yeah. they feel like they should compare? So. We are so intentional Mm -hmm. about the way that we do this. And what I like, Tess, is that we say you don't have to. 
And if you don't want to do strengths as a chapter, that's okay. You don't have to because, and I love how you talked a little bit about the, the demographics and the, you know, what we consider to be a chapter that's growing is the heart in the place of a strength-based philosophy. So do you see your matches for what is right about them? Do you see your chapter, your community for what is right about them? Mm -hmm. And do you utilize that philosophy to think Mm -hmm. about the way that you'll roll this out? Not every mentor is going to say yes. Yeah, and that's really okay. And I love that because because you're right. I mean, I could not imagine when I got my top five, if I had not had you there walking me through those things, they have been labels in my life. Mm-hmm. And they have been areas that I have been teased about. And I have been, people thought were silly or odd about me that I knew where everyone had their car keys. And I knew where, you know, these <laughs> things that are like that, that if I had not had someone speaking life into that, it could have been a major area of, uh, um, self-doubt, of right. worry, of questioning, um, of just my own, your own image and your own identity is so wrapped up in who you are, but also what labels are put on you, what descriptions, what good things are put on you as well by other people. And so I, I could not imagine the last thing I would ever want is for a kid mm-hmm. just to get the three words that describe them and then nothing else. Right. Or get the three words that describe them and have somebody explain them in a way that isn't honoring and looking and, and helping them give language to this is really the best in you. Um, so and what I pr- try not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> what I appreciate is that you and I both mm-hmm. stand in integrity mm-hmm. around what this looks like for us. Yeah. And we're the two people responsible for it. Mm-hmm. So we get to figure that out. Yeah. And so there are times when, for me, especially with Haiwu, mm-hmm. when we get the pushback and it's, oh my gosh, Allie and Tess and all of their rules around mm-hmm. how to do strengths. We will not do this without integrity and without being good stewards, not only of the codes and the value, but of the meaning of what this is. And I think that when I think of the ripple effect Mm -hmm. and I think of that dialogue and I think of Coach Osborne's integrity Mm -hmm. and legacy, that goes back to honoring what Don Clifton was teaching. And it goes back to honoring what Shane was teaching about Mm -hmm. when we're intentional um, those ripple effects can be very positive. Yeah. If we do this haphazardly, yeah. it could really be a disaster and strengths mm-hmm. would be diluted or a student could learn about their strengths and then go to college and hear about strengths being introduced at their lo- on their local campus and say, yeah. I don't want to do this. Yeah. My mentor never talked to me about this. Mm-hmm. This was you know, a piece of paper with some words that made me feel... Um, like I was being compared or, or labeled in or right. anything. And so, that, oh, that pains me to hear me too. when that happens in organizations or schools or anything like that. And so I think that's why we make such an effort to provide all of these additional resources to expand the conversation. Because we know that in the end, if we have a great chapter we partner with, if we have great matches we're working with, that it still takes intention on the part of the mentor and the mentee to be right. willing to dialogue about this. Like I think about my own match and my my mentee last week I asked what's one thing you're looking forward to and she said I'm looking forward to using my strengths and I didn't even like I was like what like I didn't even offer that we hadn't even talked about strengths the whole time we were meeting so then this week when I met with her yesterday I asked um so how did you use your strengths you were looking forward to using them how did you use them and and she had a hard time coming up with um an example for confidence and really couldn't think of anything she was confident about this past week but had some great examples when it came to caring and relating and it took 
her initiating conversation about using her strengths for me to be reminded to ask about it. And I'm a coach who's helping to implement this, right? Which is confidence in action, right? That's a good good thought. But so even when you have the perfect recipe, that doesn't always mean it's going to be carried out fully. Right. And But we want to make sure that there's enough of the right indicators for success in the mix that we hope that those conversations are then fostered by a great mentor and a great mentee who want to partake in this kind of deep work. Um, so when we think about that, we had 48 strengths communities last year out of the 177. And people could look at that and be like, what the heck, that's not a whole lot. But that's really quality always because we're always about quality. We're always about integrity. And so, out of those forty-eight strengths communities, we had one thousand six hundred and seventy-six strengths-based matches last year. Who we had coached both the mentor and the mentee. They partaken in training and had we we hope, which we don't capture, have been implementing strengths within their community. What I love about this is that it's a high percentage within those forty-eight communities. That the communities that are taking it, and I don't know it off the top of my head without breaking it down community by community, but the people that are investing in it are investing in it really well. And I think about people like Blair, who is. 100% of their matches who are strengths-based matches. Mm-hmm. Not because they required it. We never required it. But Ainsworth. because they get it. Yeah. Ainsworth, who right. had 100% of their matches last year. Um, we think about Kozad. We can, mm-hmm. we went out 21 matches this last week when we were out there. We have Crete, who is, <laughs> is pulling out like nobody's business. We're going to be there in two weeks, and they have an incredible number of people signed up to partake. Um, because when people are to the place of thinking through all of the specifics, all of the details. We've selected them. They have responded yes. They're now reaching out to their quality matches. When we have all of the right resources and things in place, magic does happen. And Mm -hmm. that's the beautiful thing about that. And we get to be part of that. So when you think, you know, 1,600, think of how many conversations we got to have Mm -hmm. with students who were describing to us, yeah. this is what's right about me. Mm-hmm. Think about how many conversations we got to have where I closed with, if just for today, there was a bubble over someone's head and all you saw was what was right about them. Just for the rest of the day, can you look yeah. around and see people for what is right? Mm-hmm. Now, I have a hard time practicing that. Yep. <laughs> it you. is very difficult in difficult times for me to understand maximizer, which is mm-hmm. the strength of a lot of people in my life. Mm-hmm. It is sometimes really hard for me to understand it. Yeah. So think of 1,600 dialogues that hopefully happened mm-hmm. as a result of that. Now, to me, that mm-hmm. we're lucky. We're very lucky yeah. um, to be able to be part of something mm-hmm. that can grow and grow and grow and grow. And so what I love about this and what I would add is that when we zoom out outside of those 48 strengths communities, we survey all of our students every year. And this past year, um, 83% of the 10,421 youth that we served said that they had strengths-based conversations, conversations around their strengths and talents with their mentor. That's everyone, all the 10,000, not just the 1,600 right. that are participating in the specific Gallup 83%. Strengths program, 83% of the whole program. And so what I love about this is even if you aren't part of a strengths-based chapter, that you haven't had us come out, your leadership hasn't come to a training, teammates is built on a strength 
Frank's philosophy. When we talk about the video, we just got to watch the screening of our gala program with our special guest this year. Um, you know, Tom Osborne in facilitating it said that we are looking for the potential in kids. Mm-hmm. He talked about how lots of programs like ours like to label kids as at risk and like to look for what's wrong. And we do not. We look for the potential in people. Mm-hmm. Some of our kids may have higher risk indicators. I think right. all kids these days have risk right. indicators. I do. Right? Just, I mean, all people <laughs> do, right? Just from being a being a human being alive in this day and age, we all have risk factors. But, but the language he used was we look for the potential in people. And that's the beautiful thing about this is because that's a strengths-based philosophy. So the program itself, who we are as an organization, positively impacting the world by inspiring you to reach their full potential through mentoring is a strengths-based philosophy. It's a positive psychology lens of youth development. And so it doesn't even matter if you don't necessarily have the full Gallup strengths profile of your top five and your mentees top three or top five. You're already engaging in strengths-based conversation by looking for the good in your mentee. What we love is Gallup gives us these incredible handlebars of actual identification of talent that then we can expand those conversations to, to, to make them even more specific, to hone in on them, and to look for exact wording and language about what is good and right about youth, what's good and right about us as mentors, right? right? We need reminders of that. And so that's the really neat thing, I think, about us that makes us a little bit different. And it was hard when we were having this conversation with Roger to, to migrate between our actual implementation of Gallup and just who we are as right. an organization right. because strengths is so intertwined with that positive psychology is so intertwined with our program overall right even you know just isolated from the actual Gallup strengths implementation and that's been an evolution as well I yeah. mean I think we've oh, we've yeah. found that that's part of a recipe that works when we stop mm-hmm. using labels of at risk when we stop identifying kids as in mm-hmm. need of a mentor and we start looking for what is right I can distinctly remember when I pushed to add the strengths, hope, engagement, the Gallup student success model to new mentor training. Mm. And I remember the courage that it took for me to say, no, this needs to be part of our new mentor training. And the pushback I got saying, you know, that's that's strength-based, not every Mm -hmm. chapter does strengths, but but every, every single one of our mentors, when they know going in, your role is not to focus on what's wrong or what's missing. Yeah. Your role is not to fix. Your role is not to judge. Your role is not to be a tutor. You are here to be a strength spotter mm-hmm. and to discover and help your mentee to aim what is naturally right about themselves. Yep. When that language got added, I i mean, I felt like that was a huge accomplishment for me yeah, personally absolutely. and professionally, but also to think about the way that that helped us to shift mm-hmm. and to think about this is who we are. Really, it is. At the end of the day, Every single time a mentor shows up for their mentee, it is my hope that they are naming and seeing the good. Um, I've talked about this before with my mentee. I do the peace sign at her, and I say two good things. And sometimes it is really, really hard, really hard for her to come up with two good things. But she will find them. And that's what we spend our time as much as we can talking about. Now, yes, there are times where she wants to vent about the things that aren't going well, but we always try to focus on the good. Mm -hmm. Now, what a privilege and an honor that is for me. Now, it's not my role to be her parent. It is not my role to be her therapist. It is not my role to figure everything out for her, but it is my role to try to build on her strengths and what's naturally right, which in my heart, I believe, and the statistics and the research show, that will build on hope and engagement. And as a result, great things happen. 
when you think about someone in your life who's been a mentor to you, it's typically not somebody who is just on your case saying, do it this way, do it this way, do it yeah. this way. But they were noticing things mm-hmm. and sometimes even pointing out those awesome things. Tess, I cannot believe how often you help me find my keys. <laughs> and your spatial recognition, it's just, it's, it's awe to me. So today I come in this morning and Tess has found through junk stock a rare find. And she also found a rare find gift for me, which totally honoring my strengths as well, mm-hmm. um, which I'm going to talk about on the next episode. But she found a mug that literally looks like it could have been used in, I, I would say, wartime. Um, sure. I mean, it has a very distinct mm-hmm. historical, aged look to it. Yeah. Now, I would not typically <laughs> notice a mug like that and think, wow, I'd love to add this to my collection. Um, but it's so fitting and uh-huh. so honors your context. Mm-hmm. So context isn't just the label of loving history. No. It's, I also get to recognize and spot when you have spatial recognition mm-hmm. or you can think back to a conversation and know the name of the person, where they were sitting, the dialogue, mm-hmm. the phrase that was used. Yeah. Um, there are all kinds of gifts that come with context that mm-hmm. I know you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes I think hearing it from someone else's voice mm-hmm. helps you to better understand Absolutely. it and to better own mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I love that example because I don't know if I would have necessarily um, tied like spatial recognition to context until you started to point it out, the fact that I have these maps in my head. Because it's so, I mean, it was when you first explained context to me, five and a half years ago whenever that was and we were sitting in that conference room and you were asking me these questions I never realized that it was different from how other people think and I knew I I thought it was just some people are good some people are good with maps some people are good with directions some people aren't I just happen to be a person that's good with it in your head you always have a map but it's always in my head like I can point north wherever we're at right now right (laughs) even in the middle of a building where there are no windows I know where north is and so and I didn't realize what that that was a talent, that that was something that I could wield and sharpen and harness for the benefit of other people. I just thought that was something quirky, odd about me. Well, right? we'd Until still be pointed it out. We'd still be stuck in communities. <laughs> I still wouldn't be able to find my keys or get out of the town <laughs> or get if out. it wasn't for you. So, so um, that's the that's just the neat thing about it, and why I think I love you know even coming back to these conversations about why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really neat. Okay. I want you to mention the average length of a mentor being part of teammates mm-hmm. and the average length of a match. Of a match, yep. So the average length of a mentor being a part of teammates is 44 months, according to the last um, piece of information that we, re- um, that we ran. And the average length of match right now is sitting at 29 months. I think I said 27 on the conversation, but I went and checked and had to reorient myself. So 29 months is where we're at, which is more than three times the national average for um, a length of match. Uh, and what we find is that that 44 months and that difference between the 29 months is that mentors are sticking around and taking another match and and I'm sure a lot of you who are local leaders and communities know this you're dedicated mentors who when they see a match through graduation or through um, the mentee moving when how however or why the match closes they're willing to invest in another student after that and I can't imagine that like I even think about you Allie and how you have been a mentor since 99 and have not seen 
a mentee through high school graduation. And I think about my own mentee and if something were to happen where I couldn't see her through to high school graduation, I would be devastated. I would need to take time to grieve the end of my mentoring relationship before I could think about starting brand new and investing in a new student. And what we find through our data is that mentor after mentor, adult after adult is willing to invest in kid after kid like the amount of time energy emotional investment that we put into our students and that people are willing to do it over and over again because they see the value in it is powerful to right right absolutely powerful that we have such lifelong committed mentors and those numbers that you shared factor Mm -hmm. in those that just came on yeah oh yeah this isn't a skewed thing about oh i'm only counting mentors who've been here a year this is every single mentor if you started yesterday that is phenomenal when you think about that that average mentor dedication but also the average match length you're factoring in those that just got started as well so i think it's that was something that as we had this conversation with roger i was i could feel myself feeling very proud of and I think numbers. Roger's reaction helped too. He was like, "Wow!" Right. Like, well, we, we love that too. We love that too. But I think um, it's really good sometimes to step back and to celebrate. It's really good sometimes to step back and say, "This is what we're doing." Yeah. And I don't know that we have enough dialogue about that because I think just culturally and even as humans, um, personally, professionally, and as organizations, we're always striving for more and -hmm. trying to do better. And I think when I started thinking about this dialogue with Roger, I also thought about how proud I am of the fact that we started doing this podcast. Yeah, Hmm. It was a risk. It was a jump. We didn't really think anyone would listen. And frankly, I still don't. (laughs) So when, when people say, Oh yeah, I listened to the that um, episode. I was like, oh, yeah, I get a little fearful. I <laughs> Me think, too. Ooh, what did we say? Um, so I am proud of that because it was a leap. Yeah, I, I'm proud of back in 2009 when we said let's give this a go. That we took a leap and we gave it a try, mm-hmm. and it's come to be what it is. I, I'm proud of the fact that in 1991, Tom and Nancy had this dialogue. Yeah, about really a simple concept in which an adult could show up for a young person. And I mean, to think about that, how, and I don't even know where futuristic is for me, but I just love people who have visions and then are brave enough to take the risk to see if they'll, if they'll work. I, I'm in awe of that. I think of Kurt Liesfeld and CSF guy resources and what a big leap that had to have been for him to kind of go away from what he was doing and say, I'm going to try this. Um, To think about the courage um, that a lot of people in my life have had to maybe leave their job and take on a completely new gig and and take a risk and, and make that jump. And I think it's really powerful when people do that, especially when you do it for the betterment of others. And I am very grateful that Tom and Nancy had this vision and to think about Mm -hmm. what was the, what were the numbers that were shared at the gala? 44,000? Over 40,000. Yeah. That have been impacted since 91. I did a historical analysis. That's something like phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, it's over. I think it's up to like 40, close to 43,000 lives that have been impacted but just youth right and I think about how much my life has been impacted as a mentor right Right. yeah 
So I love. I'm not typically one to love the stats as much as you, but oh. I do love the stats because I think they do tell the stories. They do. Um, and that was mm-hmm. one of the questions that Roger had for us. Um, Strengths Finder one-on-one victory stories and activities are remarkably impactful. Um, sharing some of those favorite stories. Yeah. So I shared about Discoverer. Mm-hmm. Another one that I think about often is within my own family and the strength of Discoverer and the way that. We, we've been able to use language in a, in a different way for my nephew that, you know, he's now in high school and his, his vision of, of what is interesting and um, fascinating, it's still frogs. It's still frogs. He loves frogs and he loves finding new frogs and he loves discovering new places that he hasn't found frogs. And he, I mean, he's just, it's the way that he sees the world is like this giant discovery through water and land. Mm. And that's his favorite place. Sorry. Oopsie. That's his favorite place. I generally episode of that interruption. <laughs> it's his favorite place mm-hmm. to learn. It's his favorite place to really grow. And it's his favorite thing to share about. Um, I think about the way that we have helped mentors, Tess. I mean, we, you had phenomenal conversations. Oh. oh, my goodness. I mean, we've had phenomenal conversations yeah. over the years with couples. Yeah. And the way that they suddenly see their spouse, sometimes their spouse of many years, as these words that describe them, and they are so, (laughs) they're in awe of the way that we probably term new language about something that was quirky or interesting about their spouse, about their partner. Mm -hmm. And then I love the stories, um, and I think a really cool piece that you shared with Roger were the quotes of impact. Um, Mm -hmm. The quotes of value is what I like to call them. So would you share a few of those? Yep. So I just pulled some uh, of the quotes from the mentor and mentee surveys this past year. So we asked some open-ended questions and I think those are some of the greatest places for understanding how people see the program, but also see strengths. So I just did a kind of a content search for any time strengths was talked about um, in these questions. And so some of the questions from the mentee survey, the, the, um, the overall question was how would you describe teammates to another kid in like your classroom that doesn't know about teammates? And so some of the responses were, it's a good thing to join, to discover your strengths and talk about things. You answer questions and are matched based on common interests. And I've opened up a lot more because of teammates. Teammates is a program, um, yeah, it's awesome. Um, Teammates is a program where you can get together and learn about your strengths that you possibly didn't even know you have. It helps you to be less shy, and it has helped me with that. It will help you to be involved with many different activities. Okay, so these are potential third grade through seniors in high school who are saying these things. We're saying these things, right? A teammate is a life coach for your future. They give you hope in your strengths. Okay, so this is one of my favorite. I had to look this one up. And I promise I did not write this. I took this word for word from this kid. She's in seventh grade. Listen to this. Teammates is a strengths-based mentoring program, equipping mentors to help students discover their individual strengths and talents and identifying opportunities for them to build on the ways they are uniquely awesome. Teammates is dedicated to providing mentoring for students in order to improve their hope and engagement, thus positively impacting their overall well-being and academic success. <laughs> like, I could, I could be a seventh grade you. I could 
not have scripted that's better based on everything that we research everything we talk about and the Um, way that we train and the way that we train right okay so that's just some of them I have a whole list of them Um, one of my favorite questions though is we ask kids a question what's one thing you've learned about yourself while in teammates and I think this is my favorite question on the entire survey Um, and but some of the ones that they pulled out um, was um, I have a lot of strengths um, that I have more strengths than I thought and that nothing is impossible I learned about my top five and what I'm good at. I've learned a multitude of things about myself throughout my years in the teammates program. I don't think I specifically can pick one thing because my mentor has helped me realize a great number of strengths and even a few weaknesses I can improve on. I'm grateful that she has shared her time and advice with me over these past four years. And just a couple more. Um, While I've been in teammates, my mentor has helped me realize that I have many talents and she helps me work towards my goal and encourages me to step out of my comfort zone to reach them. I learned about my strengths. When we took the Strengths Finder quiz, it was so fun to see how many different strengths, how different my strengths were from my mentors. I learned that I can use my strengths to better my school and my community. Do you remember when we were in Holdridge and you gave the students the, the um, Play-Doh and said, you know, create what the strength looks like, mm-hmm. what it sounds like, what it feels like. And my face, I think either you or Jean captured this picture oh, of me uh-huh. reacting. Yep. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite pictures because it's how I feel all the time at work. Hmm. It's how I feel all the time when I hear things like that. Hmm. And I get to hear them and witness them through a student's discovery yeah. of their strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that picture because it's just like me being taken yeah. aback at how, <laughs> how pure and absolutely gifted our students are describing strengths. Yeah. Just like that seventh grader's way of describing it. I was like, oh my gosh. That's practically, (laughs) I mean, we can't even say it that well. I'm like, I'm going to use that in my own language. I'm just going to adopt it. So I love this, and I think we should share this more, Tess. Um, When we were sitting here talking with Roger, I thought, and when was the last time we as a staff had this dialogue? Yeah. When was the last time you and I had this dialogue? Mm -hmm. And then I thought about our listeners and I thought, maybe they wonder why are they doing this? Maybe they thought all we talk about are heavy um, (laughs) concepts and Allison's going through something. Um, I think it was good for us to come back, um, Mm -hmm. retrace our roots, um, reframe why we're here. at least it's a reframing for me. Yeah. Um, talking with Roger gave me a lot of excitement and engagement and energy. And I know you and I just, we were delighted to be asked mm-hmm. meaningful questions. We're delighted yeah. when Sarah reaches out with meaningful questions. I got some meaningful questions from Molly yesterday. I hope that Molly knows that when I pick up the phone and she says, hi, it's Molly Brown. I, <laughs> my mood already goes like this. My yeah. mood my mood up. moves up. Yep. My Because mm-hmm. talking with her... Is set, I mean, she is so absolutely excited about mm. this adventure for her mentors. Yeah. And she shares that every time we speak with her. So um, I love that all that we have taken the time to do this. I love that we mm-hmm. took the risk. I love that Tom and Nancy had the courage and the insight and the vision to think about. I mean, I'm sure they had no idea yeah. in 91 that a student would be saying something like that. Mm-hmm. That many students would be saying things like absolutely. that. And to think about... 80,000 people that would be impacted as a result of their courageous step in taking on really in a lot of ways something that could have been a risk or a liability, Mm -hmm. but being brave and saying, um, we're going to do this. We're going to give this a try. 
So you all know that I'm a big fan of Maria Shriver and um, I love her Sunday paper. It's something I look forward to just as much as CBS Sunday morning. Um, Sundays are really great days for me because I get to start my day in inspiration. And um, Maria's um, Sunday paper always provides that. She writes a letter and then she has little news stories and then kind of some um, news above the noise is what she likes to say. So I wanted to read this um, piece from Maria as a great reminder. Um, She was referring to what it means to be gutsy. Um, Guts, courage, chutzpah, whatever you call it, I am sure that you also have it. Maybe you've made the decision to stay in a marriage. Maybe you made the decision to leave and start all over. I know how hard that can be. Maybe you've quit a job, been fired, had to start over. Maybe you stood up for your child when they couldn't stand up for themselves. Maybe you pursued a dream that no one understood, but you did it anyway. Maybe you followed your heart against all odds and against everyone's opinions. It all takes guts. I applaud all those who see their decisions and make them from a place of courage and determination. Um, As we heard on the gala um, video, a little bit of stubborn. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what I thought of, determination. Mm -hmm. After all, we need less judgment in our lives and in our world, the real one and the virtual one. We need more people who have the guts to withstand the judgment and carry on in the face of it. I think it's important to see yourself as a gutsy person. Life is so much about the narrative that we tell ourselves. It's so much about how we see our choices and our decisions and about how we walk out into the world. The way I see myself might not be the way you see me, but it doesn't matter. What matters is the story that I tell myself. What matters is the story I believe to be true. What matters is how I look at my decisions, my lessons, and my experiences, and that I try and look at them in a way that empowers me forward, not in a way that casts me as a victim. Um, Again, back to our... Um, earlier um, opportunity to see the gala program, uh, Gabrielle Union was talking about her sister um, and her sister's influence. So maybe the next time you hear someone say they thought it took guts for them to do something, don't judge their decision. Just say good for you. Then turn inward and check your own gut meter. Do you have the guts that you want? Do you have the courage, desire, and determination to keep going? And what are the words you're using to describe your narrative? And how can you frame them in a more empowering way? And when you read those quotes of value, it's my hope that the students that we're lucky enough to interact with and the students that we're lucky enough to mentor, that they are starting to see their story um, and help. we're helping them frame that in a really empowering way. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, so it's been awesome to have this conversation and really draw back to our why. Um, I, I guess I just encourage our listeners that if you um, listen to the to the end here and you're you're in need of an activation, something to, we usually post questions or things to think on. Um, we would encourage you to share your stories of strengths impact with us. We'd love to hear how utilizing the Gallup Strengths Framework, if you are in a teammate's match, if you're a teammate's leader, if you aren't, if you're listening to this and you are, you found us because you follow teammates on social media or because you're one of Allie's friends and she shares us with everybody. I do. You know, um, uh, we would encourage you to share share your stories of strengths impact with us. We'd love to be able to read and give further testimony here as to how strengths can really change a person's life. When you choose to intentionally deliberately look for the good in other people on a regular basis. Um, We just love to hear that and be able to share some of those stories of impact. 
um, anything else you'd add to yeah, that's perfect that's awesome okay well thanks everybody to tuning into episode 52 of Jen and Millie if you enjoyed enjoyed today's conversation consider sharing this episode with a friend interact with us and share your responses to the questions that we posed about your your strengths impact um, by following us on Instagram it's the best way to reach us at Jen and Millie that's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E until next time